yeah, of course we're impacted. I'm only about 45 minutes away from Gaza. <sighs> and um, got all our children, nephews, you know, all sorts of family and friends on the front lines. And, you know, we all know people that were killed in this massacre and friends of people who were killed and, you know, and um, the, the rest of the world isn't understanding if they don't wake up, this is coming to their town. I'm lonely for you now, girl, and I don't know what to do. I keep on traveling, and I know I'll make it through. But are you a little bit lonely? Yes, I know. Missing me too. Wherever you are. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Hi, good. How are you? Thank the Lord. <laughs> good. It's fantastic. So you had some kids at home, right? Yeah, I got five kids, three, three teenagers still at home. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Three. I was out playing with the I got a mysterious uh last minute call to play with the grandkids today. So I was with the grandkids and I made it home. So I uh, sorry I couldn't get on it uh for the full don't, hour, but <laughs> don't worry about it. It's good. Okay. Um so three teenagers all at the same time? Well, I mean I got five kids, two of them two oldest are married, and I got three that are still at home. Wow. that's a busy house so you are in where are you at israel i'm i'm about uh, my porch looks right out at bethlehem i'm about a 25 mile drive uh 25 minute drive from bethlehem i'm in the, the mountains between uh jerusalem and, and tel aviv on the outskirts are... of a town called beit shemesh oh, that's uh, that's amazing. That's precious. So, uh, what are where are you originally from, though? Originally, I'm from between New Jersey and Connecticut. I spent five years. <laughs> my music, my music career started. They brought me the record company. Brought me into Atlantic Records. Brought me into Manhattan. I was working five years, singer songwriter, and I met some mystic that was this mystic guy. Um, who was playing in, uh, he, he, we played a show in Manhattan. He said, I got to come play with him in Israel. I said, Israel, that's, uh, that's bombs and desert. I'm not going to Israel. This is 1994. I didn't really know too much about it. And he said, just come one time. And I just fell in love with the Holy Land and uh, been going on tour and just decided to raise my family here. And uh, <laughs> the rest so, is history. And that's, that's amazing. So is your wife from there or is she from? Yeah, my wife's originally from Israel. Her family's Moroccan. Her parents came from Morocco in the 50s. Okay. okay. And so she's Moroccan and she's uh, and uh, we're married 28 years. I met her wow. about a year so after I got here. That's ah, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, when I think of Israel, I mean, I think of bombs and desert. So is it not? Is that a misconception that Americans have? Tell me. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like the news. It's like my, you know, it's like my friends when I told them I'm going to, you know, on tour. Every time I tell them I'm going on, on tour in America, they're like, no, don't you see the mass shootings? It's all over. You got to you got to bring right. a, a, a straight, a, some, you know, what they call a vest. Uh, mm -hmm. So the news is always showing us things that sometimes they're true, but it's not. It's obviously a very it's the outcast story. It's not the whole story. So, you know, Israel's very peaceful. And then there are spots where, you know, you have to know what you're doing. Uh, you know, if you come on a tour in Israel, a lot of Christians come on tours. They have tour guides that know, you know, 99% of the time everything's fine. We're going to go now into an area where you have to know. or And then you have every few years, you have a few rockets fall from Gaza and you have to go into the bomb shelter with your kids, you know, which isn't so pleasant. 
but it's a beautiful country with, you know, it's about the size of New Jersey. People usually, I just say, because I had no idea. People think it's like huge. Like, why don't you just divide it up? It must be this huge piece of land. Right. But it's the size of New Jersey. It's very small. So it's not. So what is a typical day like? And how is it different than than America? Like, not really different. I would say the only thing that really hit me when I came here that really made me decide I wanted to come here, as I think, you know, Israel has a lot of different types of populations, but I would say on the whole, it's extremely family oriented still. Okay. Even if people are secular or whatever religion, it just has this vibe where things still rotate around the family. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, you know, so I felt that that, and you know, it's a very young country. So there's a lot of, um, you know, you feel there's a young spirit. It's growing and exciting. It feels like the center of the world. And, you know, it's very complicated. It's, it's challenging. It's a very complicated. The whole thing is complicated. Just like if anything else in life is complicated, Israel is so much more complicated. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you make it sound pretty appealing. I might, I might, I have mean, to... the people are, I'm about to come on we over. It, we, yeah, yeah the, the Israeli people, we call them, it's called, they're called the Sabris. The Sabris is a cactus. Okay. So I kind of like, you know, I like, I play a lot of down in Texas. I got a lot of buddies in Texas. So I kind of call say it's like Texas. Sometimes Texas people on the outside, they might seem a little hard. When they get right. to know them, they're really like very warm hearted and like <laughs> biggest hearts. So Israelis, they've been through a lot. So on the mm-hmm. outside, they might be a little prickly, but they're very warm and helpful and you know, that's, I mean, we're, whenever we're generalizing, we're going to get into trouble, but that's, was my, that's my general opinion. Right. Okay. Well, that sounds uh, perfect. And I did a (laughs) podcast with a woman from France um, last week. She lives in Paris and she's got me wanting to move there. Now you've got me wanting to move to Israel. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a tribe, I'm a gypsy in my heart. I'm just, you know, happy everywhere. I want to see, I love all people in all lands. I think, Every that's place it. has beauty and has something to offer and has something that's unique and special just to that place. That's how I, I mean. That's so. exactly it. That's exactly it. So tell tell me about your music. You write your own songs. I've listened to some of your music. I'm pretty blown away by your talent. Uh, thank you so much. Well, you know, I, don't, I just uh, try to be a, a a vessel for whatever they want to put in my cup, whatever the Lord wants to send. So. You know, um, uh, I've been doing a lot of songwriting. My dad, when I was 14, took me to see Stevie Ray Vaughan play. I was young. And so then I from then I knew I wanted to be on the stage and write songs and play guitar and studied music at Skidmore College. I got a degree in music. But then I have been pretty much hitting the road for, believe it or not, it's over about 40 years. I'm wow. on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and, That's cool, uh, though. Yeah, you know, I've done a lot of traveling around the world, uh, mostly touring in America. I did two tours in Russia, which was pretty interesting. Yeah. A few years back before they went into Georgia, before they uh, invaded Georgia, the, the, the ruble fell, so that, that stopped that. But, uh, you know, traveled Europe and I do a lot of touring and just try to write songs. My main thing has been last few years just trying to write i guess the 20 years last year since the first laser lloyd album was written where i had a song there called we're all god's children and mm-hmm. um, i'm just trying to bring a conversation to people to just uh to help people build the bridge be a br- bridge builder and uh keep open dialogue you know i have some yeah. songs in america that hit hit the uh i guess uh what do you what's the word i'm looking for um, there was a song America that I wrote and Backstreets. They're just talking about giving, trying to keep open dialogue, see things a little bit differently, and um, such as I'm trying to do with the music, you know, right? And trying to give a general, general spiritual message, a spiritual message that all people can relate to, universally spiritual. Universally spirit. Okay. Without um, without it feeling preachy or feeling it too religious, you know, my whole thing is that right. it's best to be in front of someone and let them feel the love and 
feel the essence with the music. Let them experience that. Don't get too preachy and into details. Just just try to show that love and common respect. And 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 that's what's what 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 I've been doing. You know. Oh, I think you just hit the nail on the head when you said common respect. I feel like um, I can only speak for American churches because I haven't been to other countries. But a lot of times, and this is not like you said, when you get into generalization, you get into trouble. But a general rule seems like over here, and I've been all over the country and raised in churches, a lot of times Christians don't show common respect to other people or church people. And then if you don't show them respect and then you turn around and try to push your beliefs off on that person, what makes them want to even, you know, come around? They don't want to know what you have or know anything about your faith because you didn't show them that basic respect from the beginning. And I think that's a big deal. I mean, if Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is in, is in the heart, is in you you know what i'm saying right. that means you have to see every human you have to see the kingdom of heaven is in them right. so if you're disrespecting them you're disrespecting the kingdom of heaven and i would say that my experience the church people you know we're just generalizing is you know they have problems i i remember i took this yeah i always like to speak to people on the plains i had this pastor from fort worth texas he was a Baptist preacher telling me he was all upset because his 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 nep- niece and nephew who grew up secular in Texas, we used to come to him. They won't speak to him now because they joined a certain church. Doesn't matter the name. But now they said, I'm 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 not going to go to heaven because I'm not part of their church. And so they're not taught not to speak to me because I'm a different type of Christian. So I think the problem is not even outside of one's religion. It's even with inside and so that's just, I, I tell people, listen, when we start with dividing the whole concept in Israel, you feel the oneness that God is one. Now, when the God is one, you have to really uh, learn how to um, turn that from knowing to being, from right. knowing to reading that, to have that be a part of the way you look at things. So it, as soon as we don't understand that, that it is all one, then the divisions, they, they'll never end. And then you just get a church with, I tell people, I, you know, I said, you could get, ten, you know, I got friends that they, they, they'll be Catholics or Lutherans, whatever they'll complain about. I said, let me just ask you, I got preachers telling me all the time that they have fights within their own church with people who are the yeah. same exact thing. So we don't yeah. have to go looking any further to fix right. the world. We got to fix ourselves. <laughs> right there. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Too much yeah. division. Yeah, I yeah. think so, too. And I try to I I think I try to do love, too. And, you know, on the podcast, somebody said, well, what is your call? What do you feel like your call is? And I think, you know, that's such a general term that gets misused in church. I'm called to preach or I'm called to do this or called to do that. And I thought about it and I said, I think that we're called to love. That's what Jesus said. Right. I don't know that. I mean, you know, some people are preachers and some are teachers and some are singers and musicians and some are painters. But essentially, we're all called to love. There's two commandments. Love God, love people. And we've spoke on this uh, a couple of times on the podcast. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. A big part of the problem in the world is people are actually, in fact, loving their neighbor as themselves because they don't love themselves. So they are giving you the love they would give themselves. That's and that has turned into a problem. They are, in fact, treating you the way they they're talking to you the way they self-talk. And that's what they're doing. And you so, know, I, I tell a lot of people that I, I deal with so many of my friends in the Bible Belt and Appalachia, hmm. lost so many to suicide and addiction. Hmm. And I, I, I've been I've been arguing with pastors for a long time. I said if anyone who knows any basic psychology, it's very damaging when we teach. I don't think that deep Jesus was helping the simple people by teaching them that they're born sinners. Right. He was teaching them to, to feel God, experiencing God, because he knew that there's the state that they were in, that they were far, they were lost. And so I don't think he was bringing it up to them. He wasn't going to the Galilee and saying, 
listen, you're born sinners. Listen, I don't think that's what he was doing. I think he was showing love and he was through his words and his being, he was giving them an awakening and that was causing them to love themselves, love him and feeling God. So I yeah. think we have to switch things around. We're all a lost generation. So we have to stop telling people that they're born sinners. We have to start telling them you're born with the kingdom of heaven in your heart. That's, that. Think of how much love that means that you're born with the kingdom of heaven in your heart. So mm -hmm. if we start telling people that, then they'll be able to love themselves and love others. But if you're taught that you're a born sinner and you're feeling all guilty, I remember I, I saw all my friends and said, you know, they're, they're guilty, they did this and that. And they, and they, even though they say, I put a cross on, I'm a believer, I'll be forgiven. It doesn't work for them. It's so ingrained to them that they're a born sinner. And so then when they come to look at their friend, they say, well, he don't, instead of thinking he has the kingdom of God in his heart, they say, oh, my, he's a born sinner too. Right. So it's, it's, you know, and maybe he, you know, so those two things that Jesus said, love thy God with all your heart, with all your soul as the first and love thy neighbor as thy second. I always tell people when you have children, it's very clear that actually you have to switch the order around. It's like if I go out to the playground, like I was in the kids with the playground today, if I see some parent there or some child all of a sudden helps my kid on the swing or something that really that is moves me more than if someone comes tries to help me so i yes. always tell people we have to love who the beloved loves and oh, god loves his creation so if you want to love god first you have to love who god loves and that's how you really love god and if we switch, because what happens, I tell people for thousands of years, we're telling people first love God with all thy heart and love, love thy neighbor. But why doesn't it hasn't? Why hasn't it been working? Because right. we say, OK, you know, yeah, but those people don't really love the right God. Right. They're not like me. So they, people don't usually get to the second step. They have all these things that come in between it because they're lost into well, you know, I don't know if they're, they're that religion or maybe they're not my type of church. So by the time they, you know, maybe he's not really loving God or I have to love God because I have to love God so much. I have to learn to hate like, you know, David hated the evil. So I have to also be careful because maybe they're evil. So I shouldn't love. But then we have to love. Jesus was loving without judgment. He was he was openly loving without judging. So if we start with the we start with loving who Every human, every creation that's has that divine spark in it, it's loved as long as it's here. Even someone's a huge sinner. Like people right. say, why was Jesus hanging out with the sinners, the taxpayers, the lawyers, the prostitutes? Why was he with them? Because he knew he saw the spark of God was never lost. He didn't give up on them and he right. gave them the love. So we that's what we have to do. We have to first turn it around. Love thy neighbor because the kingdom of God is in there. And that's how you love God with all your heart and all your soul. You're, you're really changing my life right now. Mm. <laughs> that's, well, that's, it uh, must be that your spirit is speaking. We're speaking same, yeah. same level. Yeah. You know, I'm from Appalachia. I'm from Eastern Kentucky. And uh, to, to which say. Town? Which town? Uh, Lewis County. You know where Lewis County's at? Oh, yeah, sure. I was just in Corbin uh, okay, that's a little while a little, back. That's south. That's yeah, with, uh, I love I was Corbin. In I, wrote, I wrote one of my good songs. I wrote in Paducah, Kentucky. Paducah's there. clear on the other side. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Kentucky, well, give me the towns over there where it's in eastern. Is that Louisville? No. No, that's western. Okay, so uh, eastern Kentucky, Betaville, Pikeville, Ashland, Grayson. All oh, right, 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 right. Um, Prestonsburg. Eastern right, and right, so right. east of Lake Lexington's kind of in the middle. So anything east of there. Right. So yeah, on the West Virginia, North Carolina. On the West border. the West Virginia, yeah. The West Virginia border. I grew up. Right, yeah. right, right. So and when you said, you know, they teach in Appalachia you're a born center, man, that's just the beginning. You know, they teach you 
not only that you're a born sinner, but that you are going to hell. Everything you do, and I kind of make light of it now and laugh about it because com comedy is my defense mechanism. But my grandparents, if you watched a movie that was rated PG-13, straight to hell. If you wore a pair of shorts, straight to hell. Like, get your ticket punched because you're bored the train, long black train, because you're heading out. No matter what you did, if you said a curse word, straight to hell. If you said my grandparents, you could say, well, crap. Oh, you need to wash your mouth out with soap. You're going to hell. So you kind of grow up in this uh and this, it's a, a society of just pure condemnation and judgment. And that's just from a basic Christian standpoint. Then you have these Appalachian parents who will tell you, you're stupid and you're worthless. You're getting on my nerves. You're a nuisance. Why don't you go play in the street? And that's how they talk to children. That's how I was talked to and everybody I know, go play in the street. And that with the insinuation of maybe you'll get run over and you won't be a nuisance to me anymore. And that's just how Appalachian parents still to this day talk to their children and treat their children and so then you have these um adults like me and people my age especially gen x is real strong are all on drugs they're all on heroin because you do not have the tools you have all this hurt all this trauma all this negative self-talk and you do not have the tools to deal with that thank god I am different and got out of there and God has brought good people to my life to give me the tools and even I still struggle with feeling worthless every single day of my life. When people tell me that you're not and my, you know, my son will say you're not and my friends and you're not worthless and you're amazing and you're this and you're that, but it's a matter when you when you grow up, the scars on the child are so damaging, the scars on the child. Because little yeah, your little brain wires itself around in a different way. So my brain and, and children in Appalachia, our brains did not get to develop with in a healthy way. It developed in a survival way. And in the drug epidemic in Eastern Kentucky and West Virginia is people in the rest of the country cannot believe it. And they there's unless you're over there. But unless you grow I up, I believe you don't it. I've why. seen it. I lost so many friends that you know. I don't, you know this new Al Oliver Anthony, right? You heard the singer. Yeah. yeah. So when that first song came out, Richmond, north of north Richmond. North of Richmond. Mm -hmm. Now I really liked the guy, and I really liked the song. But I was telling people there's a problem with it, and people didn't like what I told them until they heard him give an interview on Joe Rogan. I'll tell you what happened. He was complaining that he was, you know, life was run down and he got into alcohol and he was just drinking and was depressed and suicidal. And the song is blaming politicians. Yeah. The rich man north of Richmond, if you heard the words. And he yeah. got a whole following this. I was telling people, listen. It, it's so it, it, you're not going to fix your life if you're going to blame others. I said, he's from Appalachia. He should really be telling people instead of blaming the politicians north of Richmond. What about analyzing the way the church has taught all of the people? So people got really upset with me. But then when he got on the Joe Rogan podcast, he said, Joe, I grew up in Appalachia and I didn't like anything to do with the church because for me, it was just theatrics and politics and i just didn't like anything yeah and he's and so joe said well what happened he said well as i grew up and i he says then i received the bible again without my ego after i was just suicidal and all messed up i just yeah. dropped my ego but he had to get to that point but what i wanted him to tell people was we know that there's a problem in Appalachia and yeah. the Bible Belt. Now, there are also, as we know, there's a lot of good things going there that the rest of the world needs. I was in yeah. Nashville at this hotel on my way out the first time I went to play in Tulsa. And I was, it was, it was a little boy. There was a young guy working at the hotel there, I remember. And you know, I like to speak to everybody. And I asked him, how's it going? Because he looked a little out of place. Yeah. And he said, well, it's going pretty good. He says, uh, he, came, he says, I came out of the holler about four months holler. ago. I, did, I didn't yeah. know that expression. I didn't even know the expression. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in a holler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So I said, what is, what is, what is that? He said, well, I grew up in this valley in, in Appalachia. And I said, oh, I said, how's it going? He says, well, I got to tell you, they told me a lot of things that don't add up when you get out of, got out of there. <laughs> and, but, but he told me, but he said, but now Nashville's kind of weird. He says, you know, I think there'd be a few people that it would do them good a few months in the holler. That's right. <laughs> so, so we always have to remember that there I've I've met all sorts of people, all religions, all ways. There's always a good way to do a, something and there's always a bad way. And even in those areas where there's people not doing it right, there is a lot of good things that are happening. Yeah. That we have to remember. So I like to go and meet those people. And when you meet the good ones in the holler, in the Bible Belt, you really meet some good ones. And when, they, when, they're, when they're a little more open-minded, when, they're, yeah. when they've gotten a little more around the world, yeah. and when they realize that, you know, telling that kids and all that scare stuff, I, you yeah. know, that stuff, when you read the New Testament, you know, I, I really don't like that stuff. I don't think that's the... That's what we should be focusing on. That's the dark ages. That's why we left Europe. You know, right. I think the I think Jesus of America is something different. You know, yeah, we, yeah. We brought Jesus out of the out of the dark. You know, right, right. No, I I completely <laughs> agree. Yeah, it just and takes you're... a while for people to change gears, but people like you is very important. Yeah. Speaking up, I mean, I got so many. Wow, I got so many people I know that said, "Laser man." I cannot go near a church. I just have visions of these people with flipping out on the floor, speaking tongues and all this weird stuff, you know, that freaked them out when they were young. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Well, some of it's crazy. I mean, I have actually been in churches that I've walked out of because I thought, well, look, that's, and, and I'm real non-judgmental about uh, people worshiping however they want to worship. I always tell people, if you put uh, the offering plate on your head and run around in circles, if God tells you to, then you better do it. But you better make sure that God told you to first. Don't just do it because you feel like doing it and because you are drawing attention to yourself. But I was in a church once where people were rolling around and smacking themselves and flopping like fish out of water and knocking chairs over and i thought not only is this not glorifying god but this is actually making a mockery and he is a holy god and i had to walk out i thought i can't even i wasn't a part of it i had went and the thing was i rode with somebody and i did not have a way home because she didn't want to leave and i walked out and started walking i just thought well i'm just not staying even if i don't have a ride home and then she left and stopped and picked me up but that's why you, know, you, you have to really follow your heart and yeah our it's, surroundings are really hard because i think so many people they really feel that what's being taught in their surroundings isn't exactly right, right. like i teach to a lot of people that Listen, there's a lot in, in a, where, where we all are. There's a lot of fruit mixed with the peel. And a lot of us are, I, listen, it is hard for people. What, what do you say to a person when everyone they grow up around is like this and their family? It's sometimes it's hard for them to say, hey, I think what the preacher said today, that's really, that's the opposite of what Jesus was preaching. You know, I, I try to tell people, you know, you got to remember a few hundred years, not so long ago, we had preachers telling people, you know, this is totally okay that black people should be slaves and women shouldn't vote. Right. I mean, you can look up sermons. So I said, you have to be careful and you have to be brave like Jesus to go against the grain. Yeah. You have to be brave. Now, we don't all have to start flipping over the tables of the tabernacle. Because... <laughs> <laughs> because you maybe you have to maybe you have to have big shoulders for that. I, so I always tell people, don't flip over the tables in the tabernacle. Just flip over your own table, your own ego, the own. We all got stuff to fix before we have to start flip. So I tell them, you don't have to start telling everyone in your family that they're wacky and all your 
arguing with everybody in the church, you can be a better example. And maybe you slowly have to find yourself a different way, but you don't have to do it with a lot of noise and a lot of those things. And you said something that's very important, which I tell people all the time. If God told you to put something plate on your head and start swimming like a fish on the flopping around the floor, go for it. But I don't know. So, Recently, they had this interview with the they had an interview with the guy who was Bob Dylan had some famous Nashville recordings. First time he went down to Nashville. Mm -hmm. Now, there's all sorts of stories that people tell about. This was like the early 60s. There's all sorts of stories that people tell of what happened that, you know, he came in. There was no song. And he just took out a piece of paper and the pen fell from the ceiling. And all of a sudden, the, I mean, <laughs> the stories that come out. So this one bass player that was there for the whole recording, he says, listen, I got to tell you guys, over the years, I was there for every second of those sessions. 60% of the stories that they're telling you, they just have, they're, they are just made up. Because, you know, it's Bob Dylan. So he said, you, if you want to find out the truth, you got to really be careful. So I always tell people, yeah. don't feel that to be godly, you have to think that you know that every word of the King James translation or this translation, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wait, how many translations? Yeah. How the many kingdom, Jesus specifically told you that the kingdom of heaven is found in your heart. So you have to use these teachings as a pointer, but the real teaching, you have to find it in your heart because you're going to have 10 preachers telling you 10 different things about what one word means. Right. Yeah, they do. I mean, look what happens before the elections. I have, I've seen two different preachers telling you why to vote for them. What isn't completely different interpretations of something in the Bible using the same exact line. So we got to no, be careful. We got to be careful. And you got to be know. careful. Mm-hmm. So people always say, well, laser, what am I going to do? How do I mm-hmm. going to know? I said, listen, if you add more love, as you said, yeah. more humility, you mm-hmm. can never make any mistakes. Make more love. Yeah. Give more humility. You'll never make a mistake. Well, and sometimes I think if you listen closely, you can hear God ask you to do things, but I don't think it will ever be put something on your head and swim like a fish. I think if God specifically asks you to do something, in my experience, it will always be something that benefits you or another person. It's always done out of love. I was, here's a a story, and I don't know if I've ever told anybody, I was going to Lexington, Kentucky, and we were almost there, and there was a woman walking on the side of the road, and uh, I just felt immediately something in my heart now whether that's you know people say i heard god say i didn't audibly hear a voice but i just felt immediately you're supposed to stop and pick that woman up and i said to that voice well you're crazy i don't pick up strangers walking on the side of the road even if it's a woman you know and she was a grown woman she was probably 60 and there's maybe 50. no and we were kind of close to the bad made the eastern part of lexington where you know it's a little rougher and again the voice said, you need to stop and pick up that woman, turn around and go back and get her. And I pulled out of the side of the road. My son was probably 15 or 16. He said, what are we doing? I said, we're going to go back and get that woman. And he said, are you crazy? I said, I don't know, but I had to. I went back and got her. The first thing she said to me, Laser, she said, as soon as you passed, God said, there's your ride. I knew you were going to come back and get me. So that's an amazing thing. But that, But you know what? That was done out of love. God loved her. She had to, she had lost the key to her apartment and didn't have a car, needed to get back before it was a long weekend. And she needed to get back before the manager left, or she was going to be locked out of her apartment all weekend. And she said, she started praying, God, I've got 30 minutes to get to that apartment. I can't do it walking. And God said, you stop and get her. That's what he told me. You need to stop and get her. And wow. so, you know, sometimes you can, I think, hear that, that little, I had Renata Riley on an episode, and she's a 
phenomenal chef. She calls it the God molecule. Sometimes you can hear that little voice inside you, but it's generally something that's helpful and done out of love. It's not something that's just going to draw, in my experience, just to draw attention to you for no reason. It's not self-serving, right? That that voice, God is not a self-serving God. That's not a self-serving thing. Yeah, you know, I, I always tell people, uh, Jesus was very high on doing things not in not so other people should see them or hear about them. You know, it says in the book of Matthew very early on, one of his major things was he was criticizing and, and, and saying, listen, you're doing a lot of things so other people see what you're doing. So, you know, it's tricky. We have to have community. And then at the other hand, I've always felt that the real holy people, they never make a lot of noise. They they are they're also not looking for some experience by flopping around you know right said, Listen, I'm, I, I'm not here to get something from god i'm here to give i'm here to give love i don't i don't need to have the light come shine and all of a sudden the heavens open that's right. not what i'm here to do i'm just right. i'm just in a in a in when the kingdom of god and heaven is within you it's in you in a settled way yeah. So those like those holy people that I meet, they 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 I, they just go about their things, not looking for some huge thing to happen. They're just giving love without making noise. They're just doing it without making noise. They don't have to show people and tell people about it. You know, I'm saying there are some place and time for everything, and I think there's a lot of people who have saved their lives through some religious experience. And sometimes there are some services that are purposely made for people who are deep in the darkness to get some light quickly. But I always tell people, be careful because I got a lot of my friends that wake up from these experiences or these things and what comes easy sometimes goes easy. Oh yeah. And so sometimes they have a big fall. As I said, don't, you know, slowly slowly sometimes it's good to get the light slowly to make a change and then sometimes there are people that need some immediate you know f quick medicine Inter like an intervention <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. Right. sometimes so i don't make fun of that because yeah. i'm not saying that's never right. to be used but i don't think that's the main thing to be right. used for everybody it's like you know a doctor if you come to him with a chest cold, he doesn't say, oh, well, yesterday I just saved someone from cancer with chemotherapy. So I'm going to give you chemotherapy because that's a heavy medicine in a specific instance where it also has its danger. And you have to know how to give that medicine. You can save someone's life with the chemotherapy. If you give it too strong, too hard, you can kill the person. Right. So a lot that's, of these. That's a great analogy. To, a lot of the pastors have to understand that never tell people, well, you know, this is the only way, this is the only thing to do because mm -hmm. everybody's so different. Everybody has a different ailment and a different way. You know, it just might be, I never try to mock anything. You know, sometimes people are, it's very delicate. How do you say to people who you think they're, it's in my eyes, looks like they're in a strange path, you know? Mm-hmm. But at that moment, that's working for that person. Right. So I always tell people, you have to be careful. You have to plant seeds without breaking the cast. Sometimes people have put these weird casts on their arms, like if it's broken. A cast can be a good thing because your arm is broken, so it holds it in place. But some of these cultish weird things... It's like a cast on your arm. If you don't take it off, your your arm can never grow. You can never really get to use it again. Right. But at the same time, this is so it's very gentle. How we explain to people that wow, you know, I don't think flipping like a fish on the floor or doing these wacky things or is right. really what Jesus wanted. But at the same time, right. If, well, we, if we if we it's very delicate because sometimes people could just go back to their old ways we don't know maybe today yesterday someone was an addict and today right. they're flop maybe for them it is better to flop around like a fish in the like church 
<laughs> well, and I feel like these people are obviously not the way I try to make my peace with it is I think, but I know a lot of these people and they're good people, right? They act a little, act a little out there sometimes in services, but they're good, good people. And I don't think these people don't go to church thinking I'm going to go in here and make a mockery of God. They don't do that. They actually no. think in their heart, they actually think what they're doing is right. They are praising God the best way that they know how. And the only thing I can think about that is I think, you know, um, God judges, man judge the actions. Like I was like, Ooh, this is a little out there, but God judges the heart. And so God sees in that person's heart that they're not intentionally acting a fool. They, they really feel like this is I'm doing and whatever they're giving, they're not ashamed. I can tell you that they don't, there's no shame in their game. They'll go right in there and, and hop <laughs> oh, no. around and they holler as loud as we laugh. Uh, Bobby Penn's flying. They don't care. They love God and that's how they show it. And so you have to think, well, I mean, they're not intentionally do, they do the best they can. And I feel like most people in life are doing the best they can at every given moment. Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, you know, there's the, the Sufi movement, you know, the Sufis, no. The Sufis like the, the Sufis is the mystical break off of Islam. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay. So yeah, they they teach a lot of love and peace. If you go to like Boulder, Colorado, you have a big community. The Sufis, Rumi okay. was a big mystical. You know, all the mystical paths at the end they meet. So the Sufis they they have this dance they call the whirling dervish that to get all the thoughts. God, this whole thing is God can only be felt beyond the mind ego experience and so they whirl themselves into this dance where they totally lose thought and they for them they that's how they are able to connect so on the outside it looks really weird it looks crazy right. if you watch if you look up a sufi dance I'll but at the that. same time they have some deep deep teachings there's some yeah. deep teaching to it the same thing with these people are doing these flipping you know getting out it's of ourselves and yeah you know it's like they, they ask in the in the old testament what how could the israelites sleep the night before they're supposed to receive on mount sinai the torah how did they go to sleep it says they yeah. went to sleep so it, it, so they were thinking well to get something from heaven it, it can't be when i'm conscious in my body it can probably only be in like some type of dream or deep thing. So, and so the Moses was teaching them, no, you know, this is what it is. God wants there to be a joining between the heaven and earth. He, you're a human, you're made. So you don't have to have this out of body experience to receive God. You can have it while you're in your body. But a lot of these people are, when I asked them about the hollers and all this crazy dance and the tongues, Many people fear that you can, they're, they're feeling something that's a truth that really the infinite can't be grasped by our intellect. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and I think so I, agree, I agree with that to, to an extent. Yeah. We have to use all of our, if God gave us something, it's for the right reasons. The mind is a great, we all know that expression, the mind is a great servant. It's a terrible master. Yeah. So the mind as a servant is divine. Yeah. The mind as the master is our destruction. It's the, yeah. you know, it's it's the evil inclination. So a lot of these people are trying to touch beyond their intellect something. Mm -hmm. But we know that really silent, deep self-reflection, looking into your mind is really the only thing that's going to build a secure vessel because like a lot of my friends, they also are good people, have good intentions, but I've seen them do the flopping fish dance. And what <laughs> happens is they don't, they don't really grow in a stable right. way. Right. There's not, it's always like an always, if I don't get my fish dance this Sunday, I won't be able to function throughout the week. And yes. we want to be able to function without getting the fish dance. You know what I'm saying? We want to slowly yes. be able to look inside ourselves in a calm manner, wherever we are, feeling that kingdom of heaven within me, 
learning how to go beyond the mind. When I say, when Jesus says, I've overcome, overcame the world, and what I interpret that is he overcame all desire. Desire comes from the mind. It doesn't come from the body. The, bi the body doesn't understand. It doesn't, the body, it's the mind. Right. So it's the mind. He overcame his mind, pulling him outward. And instead, it pulled him inward. And yeah. so I always tell people that this is a practice that can make us stable. Just wherever you are, always ask yourself, is the mind pulling you outward or are you or you're being able to pull yourself back into the kingdom of heaven, knowing that everything is right here, right now? And that I think those type of teachings help people build strong vessels to receive the light and spread the light. And at this and. Um, you know, so that I think that's the better alternative than to for the majority yeah. of people. I I agree. I think yeah. yeah, to to grow in Christ, to grow in wisdom, is the better, definitely the better alternative. And I think you're yeah. correct. A lot of them don't grow. They they just stay in that same spot. It's an experience. And, but like you said, we have to love them and love all people that are. Yeah, doing their thing, you know, and not they're not knowing, you know, not they judging don't, them. They don't know, you know. I mean, they it's not know. it's not like they know better, and you know, I guess when you know better, then you do better. You know better than you do better, and you have these levels. And it's sad. A lot of the people in Appalachia are stuck right on that, right on that level, and they're just stuck there. And that's what I see. And I'm I'm thankful that God gave. But you know, the thing is too. God will give you opportunity to learn and grow. You have to take those opportunities. I took my opportunities and I'm thankful. I'm thankful that. And, and, I, you're, and using I, it, you're using it to help others. That's the best it can be. Yeah. We're and so I want to keep having you. opportunities and I want to keep do this learning. Thing. That's it. We got to keep going yeah. together. We'll have to do this again. I got to take care of some. Yeah. Some stuff go ahead. Right hey, <laughs> next time I want you to play guitar for me. Okay. Oh, should I play a little something for you? Please. Can you do that real quick? Yeah, for sure. Perfect. Exactly. Let's see if I can get the right angle here. I got my shorts on. You don't mind my shorts. Well, do you have your audio a, turned? If I get let a me... non-short angle. Here we go. <laughs> okay, let me give you a... <laughs> take back my bullets they're trying to take back my guns disrespecting my flag and all of our lost sons now I ain't no racist I got no hatred in my heart I said freedom of speech and religion and the right to bear arms But this country That I fought for Is trying to put Me to shame For loving God And protecting A few sacred things That remain Well Oh Oh Oklahoma No But you got to do it legally 
the generations my family worked hard for every penny that we've got and we don't need to pay the bills for all of those who have not oh oh Oklahoma do you think something do you think something so so much it's been fantastic let's do it again you. all right you're a beautiful yeah. soul and it's an Thank honor you. to meet you, you are we'll too. Keep spreading the light together and yesterday was yom kippur right yes yeah happy yom kippur yeah the holy holy land i got my my sukkah. i built my sukkah here last night you see got the sukkah up yeah look at the that. tab my, my my tabernacle <laughs> the tabernacle i love that okay well thank you so so much for doing this blessings yeah. okay. blessings well, god bless you you too bye